Tashem Salper learning Saita Daf Chaf Aleph. We left off on Daf Chaf Aleph Amad Aleph, seven lines from the top of the Amid by the two dots. The Gemara continues to quote from the Mishnah that Viyesh Zuchus Toila Gimel Shanim Chuli. That there are certain merits that a woman might have that could postpone the punishment. The punishment is toila, the punishment only stays hanging, it doesn't affect her fully, and that can go up until three years. Asks the Gemara's what type of merit could she have that can postpone her punishment? If this chus refers to the merit of her learning toila, that can be, why not? Because she is not commanded to learn toila, and as Rashi, the words of Rashi, the header of Rashi, are actually words that the Gemara uses later on. The words are holoi mifkeda, which means she's not commanded. And how do we know that a woman is not commanded to learn Torah? So this is learned in Mesechtas Kedush and Dechsev, ulimadetem oisem es b'neichem. So we infer from the Pasuk, v'loi es b'neichem. So daughters don't have to be taught. And continues Rashi, v'kivan the e'ne mitzvah, since she's not commanded to learn Torah, as we learn also in Kedush and Daflamid Aleph, that Rabbi Yosef said that whoever, whoever would tell me that the halach is not like Rabbi Yehuda, whoever would tell me that the halach is like Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda was the one that said that Suma is Paterman HaMitzvah, I would make a big uh, celebration because Rabbi Yosef was blind. But then he figured, then he, then he accepted the opinion that because the one who is commanded has a inner Nefesh Bahamas, an inner Yetzir Hara that goes against the will of Hashem. And that Yetzir Hara is not given to someone who is not commanded to do the right thing. So therefore, the Gemara begins with the premise that since she is not commanded to learn Torah, the merit cannot be that great that it could postpone and not un- up until three years. So Ella continues the Gemara, it must be. We'll see that in Kedush. Ella is the mitzvah. So asks the Gemara, if it's a merit that comes from a mitzvah, the mitzvah, me, magna, kulahai, can the merit of a mitzvah protect her? Up until three years, we learned the following b'raisa. And Rav Menachem Rabbi Yosi expounds a pasuk in Mishlei. The pasuk says, "Kineir mitzvah So the pasuk compares tala hakosav as mitzvah b'neir. A mitzvah is like a candle, and we'll, le- we'll see later it can even be like a torch, but it's to a candle that goes out. But ves ha is compared to oir. Oir means light, referring to daylight. Every day there's daylight. It's forever. And explained, Rabbi Nachem Rabbi Yosi as mitzvah ben neir loimer loch ma neir eino megina el alafisha. The candle is only going to protect temporarily. It only gives light temporarily. Actually, the Mesoras Hashas instead of having the words megina. When the Brais is speaking about the Neid, it begins with the words Me'ira. It only gives life Lefisha. Af mitzvah, ena megina, ela Lefisha. Mitzvah also only gives light 
temporarily. We'll see soon what that means. The reason why Torah is compared to light, to daylight, Again, let's read with Mesedes Hashas. Just like there is always light, now, the question is, what does Megina Lefisha and what does Megina Lo'ilam mean? So, continues the Brais of Oimer, being that it says, in Nishlei, a bit before Shleim HaMelech said the words, Kinein Mitzvah We have a Pasik that we actually say every time you make a Siyum, and the Pasik reads, that when you will walk, it will guide you, and this Pasuk is referring to Torah. Now, Tancha means guiding. The Marsha translates the word Tancha not as guiding, but as from the, the Shredish of Menucha, that it's going to give you tranquility. And as we expound this Pasuk, when you will walk, Torah will guide you, Torah will give you tranquility from all types of Tzadis that refers to this world. That is what Torah brings to a person in this world. Continues the Pasuk, that when you will lay down, the Torah will protect you. What does this refer to? Zumisa. It refers to that which might happen to a person after they pass away. All of that Torah protects that the person should not have to undergo through these steps. That when you will wake up, it, the Torah, will advocate for you, that refers to La'asad Lave. By Tchias HaMesim, the Torah that we learned now, will advocate for us then. In other words, Torah gives us benefit in this world, in, in the world of the Neshamas, and in the Bo'elam HaTchias. And the Braise continues to point out the difference between Torah and Mitzvah. Mashallah Adam, the example is of a person, Shai Mahalach Be'ishan Lailav Afela. The person is walking in the blackness of the night and in the darkness of the night. And the person is afraid from thorns. And from, uh, from the word pachas, there's a crevice, there's something, there's holes in the ground. What's a barkonim? Barkonim is a certain type of flower that is worse than a thorn. A thorn, when you see the thorn, you're not going to touch the thorn. The thorn looks like a thorn. Barkanam are certain beautiful flowers. They're purple, they're red. But right around the edges, they're terrible thorns, and you don't see them. So you go to take the flower, different types of yetzirahadas, some of them at least you know you're getting into trouble. Some things look so good, but once you take it, oh, is it bad. So you're afraid of koitzim, from pachosim, from barkanim. You also are afraid from chayera, from bad animals, wild animals, umin halistin, just for the grammar, the Bach takes out the nun, he puts in a mem, in halistim. And on top of that, a person can be lost. You don't know which is the right way. If the person gets hold of a torch, again, a torch or a candle in reference to a mitzvah, so that partially saves the person. What does a torch add to your Midnight walk, you can see where you're walking. So you're not going to walk into thorns and from the pachosim and from the baraknikim. However, but that doesn't save you from wild animals nor from the thieves. You know this famous story of Rabbi Kiva. That why did Rabbi Kiva's candle get blown out? What was the gamzulah? What was the kolma uh, 
Because if I cared, if you're holding a candle, it's like when we do mitzvahs, sometimes, you know, we're trying to do good, and that actually stimulates some type of negative challenges to come our way. So it doesn't save you from it, and it will lie worse. And you're still not saved from being lost. So when you're walking on your lost road, you're not going to fall into a crevice, but you don't know if you're walking in the right way. However, once it starts, once the dawn breaks, then while the animals do not roam at night, the listim do not roam around during the night, but still the adayin eni yadeya be'ezadarach mahalach. Right? You can be driving in the middle of the day. You are driving on the wrong highway. However, you get the precious drachim, but when you come to a crossroads, and normally on a crossroads, you have sign markers, directions, this way is that, that way is the other, then Then you're saved from everything. So what does that refer to? So let's, even though the Gemara is going to say that, let's quickly read Rashi. It's mamish to the right, maybe one or two lines down. When you come to a crossroads, there you recognize which way is the way that you are on. As the Gemara is going to explain, if a person is going to learn Torah all during their lives, if a person on the day of one's death is still connected to learning Torah, as the Gemara is going to explain in a moment. In other words, just to make it clear that the, the parashas derachim is not the Torah. But nevertheless, the Torah, as in this example, protects a person from many more things than a torch will, than a candle will. And more of that in a moment. And David another explanation as to why is Neir Mitzvah and Torah Oir, what's the protection that Torah affords? That is more than mitzvahs. Look at these words. Aveda Mechaba Mitzvah. And Rashi, it's important to read that Rashi here, we're speaking about the Schar Mitzvah. That means if a person does a mitzvah, and then a person does a, an Aveda, so the Aveda has a power to take away from the person the Schar that they should have had from their mitzvah. But the Ein Aveda Mechaba Torah. The schar from Torah never gets erased, even if, God forbid, the person commits Avedas. Shinem, as it says, Ma'im Rabim, again, a pasuk in Shira Shirim, that great waters, many waters, can never put out the love, and the love, as the Gemara learns here, is in reference to the love that we developed with Hashem through learning Torah. <clears throat> okay, so the kids said, the question is, so this is the question. We have this whole B'raiser from Menachem B'Rabi Yosi. And we see over here that Torah is a lot greater than mitzvahs. And we're beginning with the premise that the woman's chus cannot come from chus from her learning Torah because she's not mitzvah v'aisa. It must be chus the mitzvah. Chus the mitzvah is not that great. It's not megina as much as. And as we'll see in a moment, we're going we're gonna to give various answers. Just to point out, Kiyadua, that the Altareb in the beginning of Perikei of Tanya, there explains, Alpi Chasidus, that being that the union that we create with Hashem, Dafka, specifically, exclusively through the learning of Torah, that when you try to understand something in the Lashon of the Al Rebbe, so the, the concept that you're trying to understand before you get it is greater than you. So you're jumping into it. So the Seichel, so to say, is being makiv, it's surrounding your mind. Your mind is in the Seichel. Once you grasped it, once you understood something, so your mind is grasping the concept. So your mind is being makiv, the seichel that's 
surrounded by. Being that trait is infinite, and as much as you understand, there's a lot more in it that you don't yet understand that is greater than you. So at the same time that your mind is going around the seichel, the seichel is greater than your mind. So here you have a union where two, there's an interaction between the, the, the Yid and Torah that uh, both you're surrounding it, the Torah is surrounding you, and it's a Yichud Niflo She'en Yichud Kamayu. And Veloike Erkoi. It's a Yichud. She'en Yichud Kamayu. That there's no Yichud in the world that is like the Yichud that a Yid creates with Hashem through learning Torah. Okay, answers the Gemara, a few answers. First answer, Amr Rabbi Yosef. You're right that a mitzvah does not protect as much as Torah, but there's still protection. Enough protection to explain why the Mishnah says that she can have a schus, that's Torah, up until three years. Now, mitzvah be'idna da'asik be'i, while the person is doing the mitzvah, then both magna umatzla. Magna means it protects the person from punishment, the person deserved punishment for some other misbehavior. And this is Gavaldik Umatzla means that it saves the person from the Yetzir Hara. In meaning, it prevents the person not to sin again. Now, obviously, again, there's the Al-Chet Shechatan Hara. People can insist and do something that even the Yetzir Hara was not trying to make them do because of our freedom of choice. But the power of a mitzvah is while you're doing the mitzvah, both it protects you from punishment, and at that moment, it does something to the Yetzir Hara, it puts it to sleep, and therefore it protects you from it. But that's only when you're doing the mitzvah. But but when the person finishes doing that mitzvah, so even though Agun Magna still protects you from punishment, which is how we answer our Mishnah, that this woman who's being suspected of a saita, even if she's guilty, if she had certain mitzvahs that give her that protection, even though she's not doing them now, but the protection always stays. Only thing is, by a mitzvah, it will not prevent the person from sinning again. And that's the meaning of the chayron, the listen. In, in, in his marshal, that even though you have a torch, you're not protected from sinning again. The chayrah, the listim are different levels of Yetzir Har. However, Torah, how is Torah greater than a mitzvah? Not only, not only while the person is occupied in the study of Torah, is the Torah magna umatzlah, the Torah is always magna umatzlah. That's the greatness of Torah. So it explains the Braisa, explains our Mishnah. Asks Rabba, or according to the Mesaida Sashas, asks Rava, if Torah is so powerful that even the Idna Deloya Sigba, it's Matzlam, it prevents us from sinning, how do you explain Doig? And Achitoifel Doig, who was the, the, an advisor for Shaul HaMelech, and he was the one that, because of his Lashon Hara, caused that Noiv, the Irakahanam, was completely destroyed. And Achitoifel, who was a great advisor to David HaMelech, unfortunately changed sides. He went over to the enemy side. He went over to be an advisor of Afshalom. They were great. And if Teire is magna umatzla, even the idna, the loyasik bey, amai lohigina, alayu, why didn't their Teire learning protect them from not making the mistake? And speaking Lashon Hara, from not making the mistake and becoming uh, an advisor to Afshalom that wanted to kill David. Even only while you're in it, then does it have the power to both be magna umatzla. It protects you from punishment and it somehow 
uh, saves you from sinning. But when a person is not learning Torah, as was the case in Doig, as was the case in Achitoifel, Agunei Magna Taket saves you from punishment, but Atzulei Loi Matzla does not prevent you from sinning. Mitzvah, Bein Be'idna Da Asigba, Bein Be'idna Da Asigba, a mitzvah is going to be Agunei Magna. It's always going to protect you from punishment. This again will resolve our Mishnah. So the woman is going to be protected, certain schusim, up until three years. However, a mitzvah, even while you're doing the mitzvah, doesn't have the power to somehow take away one's yetzer hara, and the person is not saved from sitting again in the future, even while they're doing a mitzvah. Obviously, Taisva's question is, he leaves it with a question, if that's the case, what's the temporary by the mitzvah? No, it's the whole Lashon of the Braise began that Torah is Megino Lo'elam and, uh, and the candle is Megino only Lefisha. You know, if a mitzvah, whatever the salvation is, is Lo'elam. Whatever the mitzvah doesn't do is also forever. Yeah. Okay, so it leaves it with the question. No, 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 not the same at all. In other words, Torah is greater than mitzvahs that Torah be'idna the asigbaz matzla. See, the, the, the beauty of our Gemara is, is that our Mishnah, our Gemara only has to explain the Magna. Our Mishnah speaks about schus toilah. What we have to do now here is we have to make sure that a mitzvah is, be, is, is good enough, is powerful enough to save her, to, be, to protect her from the punishment. So our Mishnah will be understood. She has a schus mitzvah, that's magna. And we also have to understand why is toilah greater than mitzvahs. Interesting, good question. Why don't we say that toilah is also bailam hama? And, and the, the Braise itself spoke out this whole Pasik. These are big questions. So where are we right now? As far as the right now, we are good that according to the Rabbi Yosef, and according, let's say, to Rava, mitzvah has the power to save the woman from punishment. It's magna. It protects her. That, let's use that word in English. It protects her from punishment. So our Mishnah makes sense. And they both explain how Torah is even greater than mitzvahs. The only thing what Rava did was, is that Rava made it clear that Torah also, won't prevent you from sinning. Just to explain how other great people, unfortunately, that were great Talmud HaChachamim, made terrible choices in life. The, no, Torah means magna. Now, another thing to point out, that even though, even though the woman is protected, protected from punishment doesn't mean forever. Protected, as we spoke about yesterday, once there's a, there's a concept of chazaka, and on the other hand, the Torah said that a soita will get affected by the waters, that cannot go on forever, but for a certain amount of time, she's protected. Ravina goes back to the first answer. Ravina says, I'll tell you, that what's can prevent her, can suspend the punishment, only is the woman is not commanded, and therefore, how can she have the great schus? It's not such a big schus. She's not mechoyev to learn, so he granted the pekudei lemifka that she's not commanded. Again, ulemadetem, right, as b'neichem, v'loiz b'neiseichem. But ba'agra, for the reward, the makriyon umasniyon benayum. Either that she reads, that she learns Mishnah with her sons. That was something unusual. How does she know Mishnayis? So Rashi right away says, for the merit that she troubles herself to take her children to school. She does the carpool. 
And in the school, they teach the sons how to read Chumash and how to learn Mishnah. And back in the Gemara, and they wait for their husbands until they come home from their studies. Not only do they wait when their husband studies in town, but as we learned in Ksubis, you know, the rights of a husband to travel for learning Torah, and they wait for them to return. Do they not divide the reward with their husbands? They do. So they have schus because of the makriyon or masniyon and because of the natron. Period. Now that we quoted the b'raisa, asks the Gemara, my prashas derachim, what's exactly the meaning that once you come to the prashas derachim, then you're saved mikulam? So the Gemara gives a few answers. Omar Abchizda and Rashi quoted the Abchizda, the Talmud Chacham, the Yemamitz. That even a Talmud Chacham who's protected to the light, the light of the day, and takem and achayim, halistim, but you're only fully safe on the day of one's death. In other words, until on the day of one's death, even though magna umatzla, the truth is that uh, we all know that, that unfortunately, a person has to, you don't trust yourself until the day you die. Rabbi Nachman Yitzchuk says that Zetalmud Chacham that if a person has fear of sin even before the Yom Hamisa, both because of the merit of Zchus Torah, Magno Matzla, and because of this person's development of his or hers, Yiras then they can be safe, they're protected, they're not going to sin. And Mazutra Omar, Zetalmud Chacham de Salkale Shmaitza, Aliba de Hilchasom, that is a Talmud Chachim that reached a level where he, his opinion is actually the opinion of halacha. And as we learn in Hasidis, that in order for a person to intuit the halacha, the the person has to be in a tremendous state of bitul. Because all of the different opinions and halachas are different expressions of Hashem's midos. So Basilal was connected to chesed, Beishami was connected to gevura, which led to their, in Torah, their choosing different approaches. One was more permissible, one was more restrictive. But Dvar Havaya that Hashem is Lamaila is the highest level from all the spheres. You really connect with something that's above the spheres. And the only way to connect to it is through a tremendous amount of bitl. So if a person learns Torah and is humble, then he's protected, he's secured that he's not going to get lost. And now the Gemara quotes the Braisa that also explained the difference between the candle and the light by saying Avedam could be Mechaba, as Rashi added the word Schar Mitzvah. But the Ein Avedam Mechaba Torah says the Gemara, Amar Rabbi Yosef, says Rabbi Yosef, that Darshay Merachim Rabbi Yosef Lahaykrat Yisinai. Ah, that this explanation is Mamish the way Hashem taught it in Sinai. Don't forget that in Sinai, we didn't have a Mishlei yet written. But the concept that he taught, the idea that Aveda could be Mechaba Mitzvah, but ain't Aveda Mechaba Torah, this is Mamish what Hashem said. And the Ilmole Darshu Adoig V'achitoifel Hachi. And Adoig and Achitoifel known this concept, that the power of Torah is so great that even if a person sins, it doesn't take away the reward that they have for their title learning, they wouldn't have run after David HaMelech. Why did they run after David HaMelech? David HaMelech himself alluded to it when he said in Tehillim, Lamar, that my enemies are saying, Elikim Azovi, that God abandoned me. And why did they think that God abandoned David HaMelech? Because my Dorosh, they expounded a passing in Parshish Kisaytse, that Ki Hashem, Elikecha Mishalech, Bikerev Machanecha, etc., etc. V'hoye Machanecha Kodesh. 
But that pasuk concludes that v'loy In other words, they understood from the juxtaposing in the same pasuk that why is Hashem amongst us? Because we, we don't sin in the, with wisnus. We don't fall in arayas. Which implies that if a person fell in that area, Hashem is not with them. And, and therefore, since David HaMelech made a, made a mistake with Batsheva, whatever that mistake was, so they thought Hashem is not with him. Which is why they thought they can, they can win by taking the other side against him. But what didn't they know? That even though an Aveda could be Mechaba Mitzvah, but the Ein Aveda Mechaba And whatever that Aveda was, David HaMelech was the paradigm of, he was a king, but he was, a, he was the head of the Sanhedrin. David HaMelech was the link in the Mesoites. He was the greatest Torah scholar of that time. So whatever that mistake was, he was always protected because of Torah, and the Aveda was not Machab Torah, which is why Hashem never left him, which is why they lost. And they never would have started with him had they known that ain't Aveda Machab Torah. Obviously, the takeaway is not Chas V'Sholem, that we're learning Torah. So, you know, we, the Fakert. In other words, the concept is, is that we have to understand that now that we're learning Torah, if we're still not freed from the Yetzir Hara, which we're not, that means we're not learning good enough. We have to get to a better Madrega, whatever, whether the Madrega is the Yem Hamisa, whether it's Yerashet, or ultimately, whether it's really learning the way we were educated, you know, to learn with a bitl, with the understanding that this is Hashem's Torah, and constantly remind ourselves that this is connecting to Hashem. It's not... Yes, we are. Now that we quoted the Pasuk of Maim and Abim. Oh, absolutely. 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 Now, my boys, Yovay So the Pasuk reads, right, we learned this in many my Marek Hasidus. Maim and Abim. Lo yuchlu l'chabes es ahava. Unaharais lo yishtafua. And imiten ishes kon hol beisoi. Right? What's the Lushen? Then, boys, Yovay Zuloi. Literally, it means that if a man were to give all of the treasures of his home for love, now you have to know how to read it, will, they will surely scorn him. Either it can be read straight, or will they scorn him? But let's see how we read it over here. So again, the love that we are re- alluding to, according to this b'raisa, is toidah. The love that we have to Hashem, that is expressed through learning toidah, or when we learn toidah, we develop a love for Hashem, but the ava refers to toidah. And what's the meaning that if a person will give all of his treasure, all of his money, they will surely scorn him? What does that mean? So Amar Ullah, Ullah says the following, and this goes back to the concept of what we said that a woman has chustayra here in the Gemara, because she's makriyanu masnayanu venatran. So says Ullah, like Shimon, Achi Azaria, not like Shimon, the brother of Azaria, says Rashi, that Tanahu. Right, three lines, two lines from the bottom. Shimon and Azariah were brothers. Shimon is a Tana that's quoted in the beginning of Masech Zvachim. And who supported him to learn Torah, says Rashi, in two lines from the bottom, V'loma Torah, Alidei Achiv. His brother, Shohaya Oisik Beprakimatria. His brother was a businessman. And his brother supported him, Kidei Sheyachlik B'schus Limbudishal Shimon. So when there is someone like Azariah, he was, given, he was giving us kol hoin beisoy to support Taira. That money was not scorned. That money was not boizir voizoloi. Not like him. And by the way, they point out that this is not the, the known Rabbi Yechanan. 
That Rabbi Yechanan was very wealthy on his own behalf. He ultimately sold everything he owned to support his yeshivas, but he supported himself. But this is, another, this is the Yechanan that married into the house of the Nasi. And he was supported by the house of the Nasi. That money that he was given, and they gave it to him to create this partnership, the Yisachar Zvulim partnership, that money is not being scorned. That money was very well accepted. They were the Beinasiya, were partners in Yechanan's Limudat But what does Boiz Yevoy refer to? It refers to the great Hillel, that's Hillel Hazakin, and Vishevna and his brother Shevna. That the Chiyosid Avdimi, when Avdimi came, he said that Hillel, Vishevna, Achi, Havi, Hillel, and Shevna were brothers. Hillel, Asik Batayra, Hillel learned Taira, and Vishevna, Avad Iskan Sheva, was a businessman. And Lesoif, after Hillel became the great Hillel, later on, Amalei, Shevna tells Hillel, Ta, Na'aroi, Viliflik, come and let's join and let's divide each other's goods. I'm going to support you and you're going to share with me this chustayra and I'm sharing with you my wealth. But when did he say this to Hillel? Not like the story we learned in Mesech Tesium and Hey, where Hillel, who was earning up a half a prut a day, wanted to learn from Shmai Avtalian, and in the middle of Tamos he went up to the roof and he was almost froze to death. Then no one, Shevna wasn't supporting him then. Tavis. Tavis. So then, Yotza Baskoil. That is where this Pasik was said. That now you're coming to help Hillel to divide with him all of the schustaita that he had until then. Now he's being scorned. In other words, people have to support something before it's a hit. Not after it's popular and famous. And that goes back to marriage. I think that's the connection over here. That if she says a wife supports her husband from when she gets married. Which means that all of the title learning of her husband and of the children is 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 who's chus. As Rabbi Kiva told his wife, it's all in her schus. It's because of her support. So a woman has schus taido as a mitzvah v'oisa. Gavaldik. Tchaf alaf amid beis. Back to quoting the Mishnah, Oimer ben Azai, ben Azai holds that chayiv adam, we touched chayiv means it's fitting for a man, lolamed is bitay. However, Rabbi Eliezer says that kol hamalamed is bitay taido. Whoever teaches his daughter taido, melamed tiflus, again, tiflus comes from the word joining, joining together. <clears throat> and Tiflus in this context means he's teaching his daughter how to have illicit physical intimacy. It's a non-kosher joining together. Asks the Gemara, Tiflus al is that what Torah is for the daughter? God forbid. Tiflus. Says Rashi, Ki'ilu limda Tiflus. Right, the second Rashi in the top line, that Shemitoicha, that through learning she gets a certain understanding of cunning and she learns if she wants to do something wrong that she can do, do it in a cunning way and no one will, will catch her. In other words, what we don't appreciate, at least from our experience, at least hopefully from reading Hasidim, is the tmimus dika, the wholesomeness, the simpleness, the beauty of, 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 of a person, how things could be, how things should be. And Fakir, the whole love that the Baal Shem Tev had to Anoshim Pshutim was because they were very simple. They were very wholesome. They were very naive in a beautiful way. And learning Torah takes that away. And there, why does it take it away? Because you're learning all types of logics and svaras and how to say this and how to say that and how to counter-argue, etc. It takes away a certain amount of Tamimus Dikait. 
which is why when people have this chus to be learning Torah, they have to make an extra effort not to lose that type of timimus dekait. And if a person doesn't have it, since a woman is not mitzuva v'oisa, so the benefits don't outweigh the losses. The losses is you're going to lose this, this, this naiveness. You're going to lose this, this wholesomeness. And as we spoke out, on the other hand, therefore, when we're living today in a generation that everyone has tiflus, unfortunately, the world is filled with tiflus. People are so-called sophisticated. People are no longer tmimuzdik. So but now we are mechoyev to learn Torah. At least we should have the Torah to counter all of the, all of the armumias of the Lu'umazah. Now, the original... Okay, right. And Omar Abba says, Rabbavo, that my Tama the Rabbi Eliezer, it's based on a Pasik, Vaiter Mishlei, the Pasik reads, Ani Chachma, I the Torah, I am wisdom. And Shacharti, Shachanti Arma, I dwell, Arma can mean, like Rashi says, the words Armumius, I dwell with cunning. Kivin Shinichnasabu Chachma Ba'adam, once this type of chachma enters the person. It's like, almost like the, the, the chet eitzadas. In other words, there was a certain naiveness, certain simplicity, simpleness that people lose when they become wise people. Now, Virabanan, interesting. In our Mishnah, it seems like it's a machlekes between Benazai and Abeliezer, Yachid and Yachid. Here the Gemara is saying that you know who's with Benazai? Abeliezer is only a das Yachid. Means even in the times of the Mishnah, the only one that said Keilu limda tiflos or limda tiflos, that's Rabbi Eliezer. The Chachamim, Hai ani Chachma my Ovid lay of delay. They don't use the word Arma as cunning as something negative. So me boilu lechad Rabbi Yisib berab Chanino. The Amr Rabbi Yisib berab Chanino. Ein divrei Torah miskaimim ella the Misha Maimid atzmai Arum aleim. A person has to become, so to say, naked over it. Naked means I'm not pursuing anything else. You want to succeed in learning, you have to abandon all the other pursuits. Shinamar as it says, that I, Torah, I am wisdom. You know with whom I will dwell, with one who will make himself arma, arum, on everything else. And Amr Rabbi Yechanan, Rabbi Yechanan says, that the words of Torah can only stay a person who makes himself as if he doesn't exist. This is Gavaldik. As it says, the Chachma, referring to the Chachma of Torah, it comes from the level called Ayin. Or it's going to dwell with someone who feels like he or she is an Ayin. And as the Altarebbe quotes in Tanya, in Pedek Lamedhei, in the Haggah, that the Altarebbe writes that he heard from his Rebbe, from the Magid, that oir ein soif baruchum. Look at this. Eina misyachid, even in the world of Atzilus. Ela alidei slapshlusai, in the sphere of Chachma. Means that even in the world of Atzilus, where is the point of connection between the oilam and the infinity of Hashem? That's only in the sphere of Chachma. Why? You have to know the Lashon Hadav exactly, because he writes that the infinite of Hashem is the one truth that there's nothing other than God. That is the oir ein soif. Shuhu levadehu. So the moment anything else exists, so it, it's already contradicting the emes of Eiren Saif. Only Chachma. Chachma is complete bittel. So since Chachma is complete bittel, I'm not. So if I'm not, who is only Eiren Saif? So that's why Eiren Saif can only connect to the meat of Chachma. So a Chachma ma'ayin And that goes to us that 
So a person, because we have freedom of choice, a person who's not yet on that level, we can learn Torah. But the Torah is not going to be miskayim with that person. The Torah is not going to stay with us. The Torah is not going to build us. When do we become properly united with Torah? When we become completely humble. And that goes back to what we learned in Amad Aleph. That when do we have the real demigin and the matzlah? You know when Torah will protect us? You know what's the thrushes derachim? When we have the humility... And that is, is a lot easier to get when we learn those parts of Torah that speak directly about Hashem, when people learn Hasidus. So it's not, God forbid, that the person learns and the person can feel the arrogance, wow, I'm learning. But the more we learn, the goal will be the more humble we have to feel, the more connected to Hashem we should feel. Continues the Gemara, Rabbi Yeshua, Oimer. Rabbi Yeshua says, Roitze Isha. And the Girsa, that's the way the Me'iri explains the next piece of Gemara, See, in our Mishnah, we already had the version as, as the Gemara explains. So to understand the question of the Gemara, in our, uh, he, the original, the Havamina was, the Mishnah says, Reitza Isha Bekav Tiflus, Yoiser Metisha Kaben Prishus. That Pasha doesn't make sense. A woman wants one Kav of Tiflus, which means here we're speaking about the positive Tiflus, intimacy with her husband, that a woman wants a small portion of Tiflus, more than nine kav of abstinence. But she doesn't fit. Micah Omar, so the Gemara adds the vav that we already have in the Mishnah. That a woman would rather have one kav, one kav, Rashi says, of sustenance, of mezoinus, of money. As long as she has intimacy with her husband, a woman would prefer that over nine kavim of money, a lot of uh, physical things, if that will come on the account of her being less intimate with her husband. No, it's the ideal of a woman is for her to be more intimate. So let's read inside the Rashi. How does that connect to the Mishnah? So Rashi concludes, um, 15 lines from the top, right? It's actually the third or the fourth narrow line from the top. Let's read the whole Rashi inside. That as long as long as she can be intimate with her husband. That's what she would like more. And she would prefer that over nine kav and prishus. In other words, she doesn't want to be separated from her husband. And therefore, look at the words of Rashi. Why isn't it? No, this is a hemshach of the Mishnah. What does that mean? It means... Like we just spoke out before, that the intimacy, that the intimacy she wants here is with Hashem. We, that's what we all want. That sometimes a person through Lima Torah can lose that intimacy with Hashem. The intimacy comes by being humble, by being simple. Which is again going back to the Balshemtiv that he loved Hashem Pshutim. He found them by nature to be closer to God Hashem. They had more of an intimacy with Hashem, having a lot of chachma. So if you're commanded to learn Torah, so you have no option. Learn Torah and keep your wholesomeness, keep your simpleness. But if you're not Metzuvah V'Aisa, and learning Torah has in it this power of taking away that person's ability to connecting to Hashem humbly, then, it, then it's better for her. Then why do you learn? And don't forget, the goal is all to be connected to Hashem. That's the goal of everything. So stay focused on the goal. Back in the Gemara. And now that we quoted Rabbi Yeshua, Suhu he said, and this is, a, this is a good piece of Gemara just to make a chazara on many dinim that we learned. So he, says, so he said that there's a chasad shaita. 
and he, and he quoted a whole bunch of people that are mevalei ha'olam, they are ruiners of the world. So what's a chassid shaita? What's a foolish chassid? Kigoyin. That if a person sees a woman drowning in a river, and he says, because of his foolish, misplaced chasidis, it's not appropriate to look at her, or or to save her, I'm going to touch her. And, and even though that thought is for a second, that second counts. That's called a chasid shait. Now he's not a rasha, because he was, he, he was foolish, but he, he wasn't wicked. He thought that's not Nidus Chasidis. What's a Rasha? That's cunning. What's a cunning Rasha? So there's many explanations. Explanation number one is that if a person is going to explain his side to a judge before the litigant, the other litigant came, we're going to learn in Sanhedrin based on the Pasuk, that's the Pasuk, that a person, a judge, should not accept false, a, a false report. And that means, what's the false report? A judge should not hear the, uh, the side of one litigant before they're both standing in front of him. Because once you hear a one-sided thing and there was no counter to it, that goes into your mind. You will somewhere become more connected to that side. Now, a judge is not allowed to do that, but what were to happen, which the Gemara says over there, instead of reading Sisa. So the Gemara says, don't read Sisa. It says, means <clears throat> do not cause for a false report to be heard. What does it mean, don't cause it to be? I can go over to a judge. Say, I have a din with Chaim. So I go over to a dain, and I'm not telling the dain I want you to be my dain. I tell him my side. And then the din is that if my baldin, if Chaim agrees to go to that judge, even though the judge first heard the case only from me, if everyone agrees to that, he can be the judge. That's called the Rasha Arum. Because even though I know Chaim will agree to it, it's still never going to be fully fair. Whenever the judge hears one side being spoken out without it being interrupted, without hearing right away the opposite side, and more than that, when I, am, when I have a dentator with someone, that person's presence, if I'm, God forbid, not being honest, it already limits my dishonesty, hopefully. I feel uncomfortable to give a greater lie. I'm standing in front of my baldin. So when, when I speak freely, it's not fear. I can be exaggerating more. The judge heard that opinion first before it, before it was challenged. So if a person knows how to make that happen, that's called a Rosh Arum. Rabbi Bo says, A Rosh Arum would refer that when a person is going to give one dinner to a poor person, to make sure that halachically that person is not an ani. So at the time, like we learned in the Mishnah, that me, whoever is, owns 200 zuz. Loyital is not allowed to take. Leket, shikhopeo. Right? Leket is when you glean a field, right? A couple of uh, pieces of wheat, they fall to the side, you're not allowed to pick them up. Leket is when you already bundled the wheat into uh, shafts and um, that's leket. Leket is the earls. Shikha is the shavs that you forgot one or two when you were gathering them up. You cannot go back to get it. And peya means that every field has to be left on any one of his sides. The Chachamim said 160th. That's the minimum. The maximum is Einlohem Shir, peya. Leave some of it for the poor. To which poor? You do not have the right to choose which poor come and take it. 
So let's say the owner of the field has relatives or friends who are Aniyim, and he wants to make sure that other people don't take it, and he notices Chaim coming to take. He knows that Chaim owns already 199 Zuz, so he gives Chaim a Zuz. The moment Chaim owns 200 Zuz or more, he's not halachically called an Ani, and he can no longer take the Leket Shekhon Peyam. And had he not given that one coin to Chaim, once you are still in the category of an Ani, during one collection, you can collect, you can collect thousands of zuzin worth of produce. Or Maised Ani, likewise, you know, twice in the cycle of seven years, aside of the Maised right? So normally it's Truma, Maised Ishin, Sheni. But in the third year and in the sixth year, you give instead of Maised Sheni, Maised Ani. And again, Maised Ani is something you could not choose, at least not when it's sitting in the field, one pruta, he's smart. He knows the dinim. And however, if he doesn't have two hundred zuz, afilu elef noisim leikaachas. So if a person has one ninety nine, he can gather lekar chikompeya maisaroni. And for me to get him out of the picture, to make sure that only my relatives get it. I gave him that one pruta. That's called a Rasha Arm. Rabbi Rabbi Yechanan says a Hamasi eats a limker ben Nuchasim Muatim. So what's the din of Nuchasim Muatim? This is a good chazara. When a person passes away, the din Torah is that only the sons inherit. However, the Chachamim made a takana. We learned this in Ksubas. It's one of the Tanai Ksuba that if a person has left a widow and daughters that are not yet mature, they are supported from his estate. What's going to happen if a person leaves such few belongings that you have to choose between them getting supported or the, or the sons getting inheritance? The din is, is that the Tanaik Suba trumps the din of Yerusha. And all of those belongings are going to be left for the daughters to be supported from. However, the din also will be that if the owners, the sons, will sell those properties... That really should have been designated for the Parnasa of the Almana and for the Banois that are not yet in the uh, uh, Bagros. So once they sold it, then the Yisoyimim get to keep the money and they cannot collect those fields from the Lukuchis, from the ones who bought it. Now people don't know that then. So someone who gives advice to the guys, to the young orphans or to the older orphans, you know what, really, the din, if you're going to go to Bezdin right now, Bezdin is going to paskin that these fields that your father left are, have so little value, they have to be left for the daughters. But before you go to Bezdin, chaparain, sell it now. By the time you get to Bezdin, if it's sold, nothing can be done. That's a Rosh Arum. As we quoted in the name of Rabbi Yechanan, that Yisemim Shekadmu Mamachru Benachasim that if before the Bezdin paskin, that these properties should be left for the daughters, once Bezdin paskin, you can't sell it. But before they went to Bezdin, Mashamachru Mamachru. Abayi gives another explanation. That's a person who gives advice. To sell properties in the case, in, uh, to sell properties which will be permissible according to Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel. The Tanya. You have three people. Reuven, Shimon, Levi. Reuven owns property. Reuven can give a gift. So normally he gave a gift. It belongs to Shimon. But there is a time that Reuven tells Shimon, I'm giving this to you. But it's not forever. Meaning, after you die, your Shimon's sons will not inherit it. It should go to Levi. Notice he's giving him a part-time gift. 
Now there's a machlekes tanoim how to understand that gift. Rebbe holds, Shimon never owns the field. The fact that after Shimon will die, it won't go to his sons means that he only owns what, how we call, he only has a Kenyan paytas. He only has the user fruit right. Rab Shimon Gamliel holds that Shimon, during his lifetime, fully owns it. If he would sell it. So what would happen, says the Braisa, if the first one, the first recipient, Shimon, sold those properties while he was alive, and then he passes away, Rebbe holds Hasheni Levi, can take it away from the ones who purchased it from Shimon. Again, because according to Rebbe, he was only king in Petus. He never had the right to sell it. However, Rashbag holds, even though we know that the intent of the gifter was not for Shimon to sell it. But nevertheless, during Shimon's life, Shimon fully owns it. And especially by Dine Mishpat, you can always claim Kimli. I hold like any opinion that exists, if there's such an opinion. So someone who gives advice to Shimon to sell the properties, that's called a Rasha Arum. It's consistent with the other explanations. In other words, because you know more Dine Tredam, you are using Halacha, you're using your knowledge to um, go against the desire the ideal of any given scenario. Rabbi Yosef Bar Choma, in the name of Rabbi Sheshu, says, says Rashi, look from the bottom, five lines up, someone who inspires others to walk in their ways. If someone is behaving in a way, it looks like he's very pious, and he wants people to copy his good behavior. However, this Reuven is not sincere. He's not really such a great person. Normally we say, But here it's worse. The reason why he's behaving in such an exemplary way is because he's really doing other things that are horrible. And if people were to look into him, they would discover it. He doesn't want people to scrutinize him. So he does certain great things, and he feels, wow, I'm going to be looked up to so much, I won't be scrutinized. That's the Rasha Arum. Back in the Gemara, Rab Zereka says, People who are for themselves, they're lenient. And the Machmer for other people, that's the Rasha Arum, because it should be really the opposite. That for others, you should be lenient. You should at least tell them that you have a you know, you want to go to the Shuras Adin, good for you, but the Allah is, you can be lenient. Machmer for yourself. You know, two eyes, as the Friedrich Rebbe said. At yourself, use your left eye. For other people, use your right eye. Ula Amar, the final explanation, turning to the Afchav Beis, that's the person, Shekara, Vishana, a person who knows Chumash, and a person who knows Mishnah. Mishnah means Halacha. However, but he never serve Talmid HaChachamim. So many explanations what this means. Just learn the simple pshat. People can know all of the Chalakim of Shulchan Aruch. They can know it. But they have to serve. They have to be in service of a Beisdin. They have to serve someone who has experience, who he also got Shimush by another of, for them to know how to apply all those Dinim. It's amazing how just the academics does not educate a person enough to know how to paskin dinim. 
You have to do shimush, you have to sit in a basin, or you have to sit with a great rav, and serve him, and be with him, and observe how he applies halachas, for you to get the halacha correctly. And if a person who has the option, and doesn't do it, relying, I know it all. That's called a rasha, arum. To be continued tomorrow, Mitzvah Shem.